Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You can call or text. We've already got a couple of text messages, which I appreciate. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, you can call or text 949-542-6241. 949-542-6241. Call or text. Um, I'm seeing, and, or you can leave them in the live YouTube chat if you're joining us live. Uh, I see a couple of questions. Uh, this is kind of a listener question, but it's basically the big debate. And it's a nice segue from what I was saying about the defense. Um, and it's about Vontez perfect. And uh, you know what? Before we get to Vontez perfect, we're getting a call on our, on our OBI line. So let's get to that. Hi, it's the orange and black insider. Who's this? Hey, John. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. You said uh, go ahead and call in, so I went ahead and grabbed the phone. Yeah, you're talking about perfect just now. It's a good thing that he's coming back, but I've noticed that some people in the chat are a little concerned because, yeah, officials are really uh, really cracking down on players, on physical players, to say the least. And that could be an issue with uh, perfect. But uh, I'd still much rather have him back than not have him, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's – I'm glad um, – even though I was kind of starting to talk about it, I'm glad you called in and, I'm t- and are talking about Vontez Perfect because um, that's that's where I was going. Like you said, a lot of people in the live YouTube chat are talking about Vontez Perfect and, you know, uh, can he turn things around for the Cincinnati Bengals defense? Like I said, I – I'm worried, John, a little bit about the sustainability of the Bengals' path of winning. And what I mean by that is the 28 points given up per game, the lack of a turnover forced the last two weeks. And, you know, these are things that the big plays, the turnovers, these are things that Terrell Austin has preached to this defense. And it worked the first couple of weeks, but it has not been working since and against two of the better quarterbacks in the league and Cam Newton and and Matt Ryan, now I I gotta say this, and I don't want to. I know, I know you're a uh, you're a big uh, critic of Drake or Patrick. That there are a couple, there are have been a handful of instances where Drake or Patrick could have nabbed an interception. Other guys too. Jesse Bates had his hands on a couple. Um, so I mean, they've had some opportunities that they have not capitalized on. But you know, it's it's. The pass rush has been feast or famine a little bit, um, as have the turnovers. So I'm just a little worried about that. No, I think Perfect is a spark plug. I think he's a guy that can help things. But I don't think he's an absolute cure-all to, to every single issue. The Bengals, you know, consistently stopping the run, getting off the field on third down. That was another issue I haven't even brought up yet. The Bengals' defense is basically the worst in the league in getting off of the field on third down. 
Um, I think they were around 40 plus percent going into last week and they let up like 70 something percent. So, uh, you know, about perfect. I'm glad he's coming back. I think he's going to make a difference. How big of one, I'm not sure. How about you, John? Yeah, I'm not sure either. I think he'll definitely help against uh, the run. You know, we really struggled with Carolina running the ball. So I think perfect helps there. However, against uh, your elite quarterbacks, uh, the pass, you know, there was uh, one pass this past uh, weekend against Drake or Patrick where Matt Ryan just totally faked him out. It was almost embarrassing. And I think it went right for a touchdown. And if it didn't, it went down to the one-yard line. And I just thought, my gosh, you know, that's, it's the typical – it's just a typical Drake or Patrick defensive play here. Now, Drake does he, – he does frustrate receivers. But the problem is he gives up too many big plays and he just doesn't get turnovers like we wish that he could. I'm concerned, you know, when we, uh, when we face Kansas City at Kansas City, you know, Josh Mahomes, if he's watching any film of the Bengals at all, he's bound to be noticing Kirkpatrick. And I would think Mahomes would be very confident of, uh, in passing against him. What would you think? Yeah, I, you know, the other thing that we have to take into consideration is William Jackson has not played up to the level that um, he was He was hyped up big time this offseason. He has not played up to the level that we thought. Um especially last week, he and Kirkpatrick were both victimized and uh, just, you know, did not look the same. And I I mentioned this in one of my columns at Cincy Jungle. It's not a good thing when your defensive coordinator is preaching turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. You have three first-round corners as your three top corners on your team, and none of them through the first month of the season have an interception notched under their belt. Um, That's right. What you just said. Three first-round corners. We've played four games, and not one of them has an interception. Yep. And you know you can't you can't really win like that. And you can't. Luckily, the Bengals have found ways to do that. But uh, you you normally can't win like that. And that's definitely not the the formula for success that the Bengals want on defense. Hopefully, Burfick's return and and others return um, will will make things better. But. Uh, we have to see. John, I've got some other texts and calls to get to. I appreciate okay. you calling in, sir. And who uh, day, buddy? That was John from Kentucky, uh, regular caller there. If you want to join in, either text or call 949-542-6241. Um, again, 949-542-6241. You can call or text. We've got a couple of texts uh, coming in here. Um, one is... Uh, you know what? We've got another call coming in, believe it or not. So let's try and get to that. This is the Orange and Black Insider. Who's this? How you doing? It's What's going on, Terrell? I was actually just going to read one of, your, one of your texts here. How you doing, buddy? Bag coming next week, uh, next year, and um, also that uh, the Bengals' attitude is getting 
start or start by a week and uh, I see no no uh no worries for this week. Not at all. I really don't. I'm not trying to be arrogant at all. I really don't feel no worries at all. And I just hope everybody have a good night and uh thank you. All right, thanks, Trell. Appreciate you calling in, but I'll also get to your uh, your text here because I thought it was pretty interesting. In just a second, thanks for thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Um, as of this week, my thing is with this week against the Dolphins, um, kind of like what I said about the Carolina game. It wasn't so much that Carolina at every position had better players had a better overall roster, better coach, whatever you want to call it. There's probably give and take to both, but you got to think of matchup issues and you got to think of, think of Bengals roster versus Dolphins roster guys. I, I thought Brian, when he was on earlier, I thought he brought up a very, very interesting situational matchup in terms of Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick on AJ Green and Tyler Boyd. And, you know, those are two good players, so it's going to be interesting to see how Andy Dalton, Bill Lazor, and company get those guys open and if they can make the big plays. Um, yes, A.J. Green has done some things against the AFC South and, and AFC East teams and all of that, um, but if you look, you know, he's, he's had a spotty record sometimes against some of the top corners, but he's also made many top corners look silly, so... I'm not so worried about A.J. Green and, and him at least making plays. I am a little worried about Andy Dalton maybe force-feeding him a little bit now that Tyler Eifert's out. Um, maybe Tyler Boyd can't get the separation that's needed and or the protection that's needed to get those drag routes and everything to Tyler Boyd that he's been excelling on so far. So those are some things I worry about. I just continue to worry about the Bengals' defense. I continue to worry. You know, Ryan Tannehill, he is a pocket passer, but he's a guy who's got um, a, a very athletic background, I think, if I remember correctly. He was one of the guys that was like a wide receiver in college, and then he played one year at quarterback and all that kind of stuff. And um, So he can move around a bit. Cincinnati has done pretty well against him. They won the last game at least. Um We'll see, but yeah, I think I think this should be a game that the Bengals handle. Now, the other aspect to it is, you know, are they are they overlooking this game because the Steelers are, are right around the corner and that's where their focus may be? I don't think so. I think this team has shown some pretty good focus and has, uh, like I said, shown that resiliency factor that we haven't seen out of too many Bengals teams lately. So we'll see, but. This should be a game, and I think the Bengals win probably by a touchdown or so. Still pretty close, but um, maybe a bit more comfortable than the other. Uh, well, maybe maybe kind of like the Ravens game a little bit. Um, shoot out to a lead, maybe give it up a little bit, and then you know it's still pretty comfortable throughout. But uh, definitely, I think it's more comfortable than the other two games. But we'll see. We'll see. You know that's why they play and. Miami, they got off to that 3-0 start, and who knows, you know, maybe they're starting to play some teams that are better and some teams that are for real. We'll, uh, we'll see. I'm uh, getting another call here. Jason, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? 
we're gonna win twenty eight to fourteen. Twenty eight to fourteen. Okay, why? Why do you why do you say that? I think that the Miami Dolphins are too worried about jewelry right now. Like right now it's like a night where they should be like paying attention to like, you know, Facebook and whatnot. But the two are like going up to the clubs, having a good time. Cincinnati is not doing that right now. They got no more Netflix reruns to watch. It's time to play some football. Well, I hope so. I mean, I you know that would be a pretty convincing win, and a, put put them at four and one, and definitely in the driver's seat. I'm going to say this: that the AFC North is both tighter and not as tight of a race than you think. And I say that because Cleveland should be a three and one team at this point. I mean, if you really look at officiating and some poor kicking, and I mean, they're they're a couple plays away from being three and one. Pittsburgh would then have another loss and be further down in the in the cellar. And then you've got Baltimore, who, aside from really the buzzsaw they hit in Cincinnati, they've been playing pretty well. Um, they beat Pittsburgh. That's a tough game, regardless of if Pittsburgh is up or down. Uh, Pittsburgh would be up for that game in terms of emotion. So, you know, I think if the Bengals do get this win at four and one, they're in they're in really good position. To, to go forward okay. and, and move. And one thing. If we win this game, we have, we have the momentum to beat Pittsburgh. And our biggest challenge will be going into Kansas City. That quarterback, that kid's really, really good. <laughs> so we, if we can get through Kansas City, it'll be just like it was, what was it, 2008 when we went in there and they were undefeated. That would be a big boom. Yeah, and I, I can get us to the playoffs. Yeah, and for those who do not know, if you did not watch Monday Night Football, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched the fourth quarter, which is basically what, for the most part, mattered in that game. And Patrick Mahomes was making plays that I, I've seen maybe two other quarterbacks make uh, in terms of things he would now. Again, we, we were talking about sustainability. We don't know how sustainable this, you know he is. He hasn't even played a full season of NFL football yet. In fact, I think he's only started like five, five games or something. So obviously very exciting player. Obviously, you know, teams are trying to figure him out. I'm worried. I wrote a post on Cincy Jungle this week that uh, I was worried about the – I was worried about the scrambling and or quarterbacks that can make things happen in the pocket, outside of the pocket. They extend plays. Roethlisberger is one of them. Even Case Keenum is one of them. Mahomes is one of them. Cam Newton showed that he can do some things still on this Bengals defense that that uh, worry me. So Mahomes is definitely one to worry about. Um, I yeah. you know I, I think he's like, a, he's, like, he's like an NFL list well the good news is that cincinnati has um gosh i'm trying to do the math here they have seven of their next 12 games at home, I believe, if I'm doing the math correctly. So, you know, they started that. That's why getting off to that 3-1 start in the, in the first month with those three road games uh, was, was so important. I guess you can kind of say, well, how big of a road game is going to Indianapolis? 
I mean, it's not travel-wise far, but, you know, noise and all that kind of stuff, uh, definitely a road game. But uh, good points, Jason. Thanks for calling in, bud. We're going we're gonna to get you off the air, but thanks for listening. All right. Thank you for having me. Good day. Thanks, buddy. That was uh, regular listener Jason as well, uh, getting hearing from the regulars tonight. I love it. I love it. And uh, that's the way it should be with this show, especially with the Bengals going three and one. Um, I'm going to get out of here in just a second. I, there was this text. Uh, that We've got two texts. I'm going to try and get two here. One, I guess this is a good one to go with because we were just talking about what the Bengals can do and what the what the Bengals have done so far in the first month of the season. I mean, again, it's this is kind of a weekly question, but not really. Um, and I don't, unfortunately, I didn't get a name with who this was from, but uh, it's from area code 206. Uh, do you think the Bengals will be able to win the division? I think... Yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to this, and this is this is really funny to me, and this this goes into exactly what the national media does and what they say, and certain people that are really big on the Bengals, certain people that are really down on the Bengals. There's a post on CincyJungle.com by Nick Manchester, uh, one of the contributors there. And it's based on a column from Adam Shine, a guy from NFL Network and NFL.com. And Adam Shine has been incredibly, incredibly hard on the Bengals, uh, never believes in them, all of that. And he says they are a top bandwagon to hop onto after a 3 and one start. Um, you look at... What he basically the synopsis is the Bengals are, are for real folks. The offense is sensational. The defensive line is stout. But what happened in Sunday tells you a lot about the fabric and character of this roster. After watching the classy and popular Tyler Eifert suffer a gruesome season ending injury, the Bengals didn't roll over. They were on the road against Matt Ryan, who was having a fabulous day. Yet Cincinnati, fresh off a week three loss in Carolina, showed gumption. Gumption. Keep that one. That's gumption. Uh, and skill coming back to beat the Falcons in a 37-36 thriller. Um, when Andy Dalton hit A.J. Green with a perfectly placed ball to score the winning touchdown with just six ticks left, something became clear. These are not your older brother's Bengals. This is a different Cincy team, one that can absolutely win the AFC North. Now, can they? Yes. And even Adam Shine says they can, yes. Um he even gives that subtle jab of these aren't your older brothers, Bengals, that the ones that have fallen on, on their faces in postseason and all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, it's still it still has to be this, and and it, I, I don't want it to be this way, but it's still I would think for a lot of Bengals fans, it's still yeah, you know what, this season's fun. They've shown us a lot. Primetime win already against a good divisional team in the Baltimore Ravens. This come-from-behind win on the road against an explosive offense in the Atlanta Falcons. Nice win initially to open the season against the Colts. You still... They still got to prove it. 
I, I mean, I, I don't know how, how I don't want it to be that way, but I mean, I still feel like they, they still got to They still got to prove it. Now they've proven they can win that, win a division title. They've done that. And that's not what I mean by they need to prove it. I'm talking about obviously January, February, they just, they need to prove that. And uh, they won't have any more primetime games per se, unless they get flexed into one late in the season. Um, that Thursday night game was the only primetime game on the slate this year for them. So, you know, their next big, big, big game, big stage uh, will probably wouldn't be until they win the division. Obviously, you know, they, they've got Steelers games and Ravens games and all of that coming up, but I think they can. I think they're definitely poised to, and I think right now they are playing probably the best football of anybody in the division. The Ravens are close, but the Bengals stomped the Ravens for most intents and purposes a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, I, I think – yeah, I think they can win the North. I don't know if it's going to be a runaway 12 win type of thing, maybe 10 wins or something like that. But, um, hey, you know, why not? But it's, it's again, more about after you get there, what do you do? And uh, I hate – I don't want to – I hate saying that. I hate it. Trust me. I hate it. But th- that is that is what it is. And, um, you know, so far this team has shown a different – gene, if you will, to be able to do things in the postseason that other teams maybe didn't show as much, but we'll see. Uh, Let's also get out of here. Um, Even though he called in earlier, I wanted to get in. He was, it was, his call was more of a comment. This one is actually a question from Terrell. Um, He notes the different attitude. um, Dalton's throwing on target. Um, Basically, he wants to know, you know, talking a little bit about John Ross. Um, <laughs> does a tongue-in-cheek joke about, hey, do we want to trade him now that he actually showed some things this week? No, no. Keep him. Like I said last week, John Ross is a work in progress, and there's a lot of clay to mold there. And he showed quite a bit last week in just two catches. Um, unfortunately, that groin pull, I guess he had – against the Falcons on that touchdown catch is catching up with him this week. Maybe the Bengals are just resting him to get him out there, but you hate to see him go, you know, polarizing weeks, week three, terrible, you know, rake through the coals week four, very nice rebound, great game. And then week five, he doesn't play. (laughs) You'd be like, it's a little frustrating. So hopefully he's able to suit up if, if he's healthy and uh, go out there and, and do some things. Otherwise, you know, the Bengals have Josh Malone. They've got Cody Core. They can do some other things. But I, I think now that you have Eifert out of the lineup, you really want to have as many skill position guys healthy as possible going forward. Um, can't afford to lose too many more of those now that Eifert's gone. And uh, I think the Bengals need to be healthy on all fronts, even though Ross is kind of their 3-4 wide receiver, if you will. Um, but – The Bengals appear to be getting healthier. The Bengals probably will be getting most, if not all of these, well, most of these guys back as the season progresses and wears on when they need them. So that's, that's a good thing. And hopefully the other tight ends step up uh, in replacement for Tyler Eifert. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I'm Anthony Cazenza. My co-host John Sheeran joined us earlier. And we had Brian Catanzaro from the Finsider of the SB Nation Network to help us preview the Dolphins game coming up. Both teams are 3-1. And, one. and uh, Dolphins are getting a lot of love. 
around the nation. But, uh, hey, they're 3-1. and one. They're playing pretty decent football. So should be an interesting game this week. You can get this program on iTunes. You can get it on YouTube. You can get it on Art19. You can also get it on a variety of other platforms like Google Play, Stitcher. I think I said iTunes. I did say iTunes. Um, and all of our stuff is on cincyjungle.com, so check that out. Apologize for an abrupt leaving from John and uh, you getting basically me for most of the program, so hopefully you still enjoyed it regardless. And uh, enjoy your time Sunday. Let's let's hope the Bengals get into the Steelers at 4-1. Let's hope Vontez Perfect's presence is felt in a big way right away. Remember a couple of years ago when he was on, I believe was it the suspension or was it the, when he was recovering from the knee issue against the Steelers, he came back and had a whale of a, a ball game and uh, really was the reason why the Bengals won. I think that was 2015 maybe. So, you know, he can come back. He can have an impact. We, we know this about him. So, um, but Let's just hope for a good game, a win, a fun game, and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. For John Sharon, I'm Anthony Gazenza. Thanks for listening to the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for your calls and texts. We'll see you next time. I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Kerryu, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.